Hello and welcome back to Moments with Moni. I'm so glad you're here where we ponder life from a biblical perspective. Moments with Moni can be heard on the following podcast apps, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Stitcher, and Overcast. You can also find Moments with Moni on Facebook or Wix blogs at momentswithmoni.wixsite.com. And don't forget to subscribe while you're there. Please share or comment on any of these sites or email me at momentswithmoni, the number one, at gmail.com. And now, on to today's episode. Hello, I'm so excited to be sharing with you a new podcast series here at Moments with Moni. We will be going over some information on how to study our Bible first, and then an introduction to the book of Song of Solomon, part two. Western thinking has been influenced by the Greeks, who separate the physical realm from the spiritual realm, and they consider the physical bad and the spiritual being good. But Hebrew thinking, which is remember that's who this was written to at the time, Hebrew thinking combines the physical and the spiritual as part of the whole person and both the physical and the spiritual being good. What God made was good. So let's take a look at Solomon. He was known as the wisest man in the world. Yeah. With 700 wives and 300 concubines, that gives him over a thousand mother-in-laws. Uh, that doesn't seem like wisdom to me, but just like any other human, I suppose we can know what wisdom is, but decide not or choose not to do it. So it is important to practice what we preach. Song of Solomon is a love story. It is a love letter from God in our Bible. The whole Bible is full of love letters from God. I know that I have love letters that I read from my husband over and over and over again. And I've done the same thing with the ones that God has written to me in the Bible. If we look at our Bible, can we see where we have read and reread his love letters to us? Is our Bible worn in certain spots and not in others? Or does it still look brand new? We need to hide God's word in our heart. Get it out of these pages and into our heart. Song of Solomon is a book of poetry. I said I was going to get back to the poetry part. As opposed to the other types of books in the Bible, which is prose. Hebrew prose, or the other kinds of books, the history, the epistles, the letters, or prophecy, relay God's thoughts like our normal and natural speech. For example, conveying prose, I can say, I'll be home for dinner after work. Or my husband would tell me that, I'll be home for dinner after work as he runs out the door. Whereas Hebrew poetry relates, relays God's feelings Poetry may seem somewhat artificial at first, having to think about it before we speak. Today we might think of it like a a Hallmark card that conveys poetry. Maybe on the front of the card it would say, After five I shall travel to the place of our abode to enjoy a meal with you, my bride. And on the inside, hopefully a meal of beef and not of toad. Okay, sounds like an English Hallmark card, but that's okay. I think I got the point across. It may seem a little artificial or difficult to understand, but there's a lot more emotion behind what the words are because you can see that God actually thought about these things in depth and and is speaking to our heart, to our own feelings. In fact, the, um, the Hebrews 
they were told that they were not even to read Song of Solomon until they were married and 35 because there were some incredibly intimate things in here and they taught their children well. So they would certainly understand what this book meant, but they didn't think that they would be ready for it until they were older. And just like the Shulamite maiden who he raised up under the apple tree, her love will take time to mature until she's ready to be the bride of Solomon. We will take time to mature. As believers, we need to mature in Christ until we can be at that point where we can rule and reign with Christ in the heavenlies. Right now, we're like that country girl, the Shulamite maiden, who is living out that sense of paradox of grace and the divine kiss that we'll learn of later as we go through the book. She is learning to step outside of herself. In fact, the book is a love song sung by two lovers, the shepherd king and the Shulamite maiden. Solomon appears first as a young shepherd who falls in love with the Shulamite maiden. He promises to come again one day to marry her. In his absence, she dreams about their reunion. When he returns, to her surprise, he appears as King Solomon himself, accompanied by his entire entourage. He takes her back to Jerusalem in his royal coach to become his bride. The story serves is like a beautiful picture of Christ's love for his outcast Gentile bride, the church, for whom he promises one day to return. Now remember, that's one view, but that is the view that we will be looking at as we study through. We can speak about all the others if you like, but this is the one that I think as we mature in Christ, our passion for him will grow and the song of songs will become the most ultimate, beautiful, precious song between our heart and the lover of our soul. With that in mind, one step further regarding praise and worship. Putting poetry to music is a powerful tool that speaks to our souls. Music calms the savage beast. In fact, David played the harp and it calmed King Saul. Good thing he can move fast too because that spear would have got him. Our God longs to hear our hearts in prayer and in song. The words of a praise song can lead us to the throne of God or to the ways of flesh. Which reminds me, oh, be careful little ears what you hear. So when we sing to God, when we worship him with all of our heart, all of our soul, and all of our might, he loves to hear from us that way. In fact, the book of Song of Solomon can be broken down into two different sections. Chapters 1 to 4, we see the bride's inheritance in Jesus. If we see this picture here, we can see the bride's inheritance in Jesus. We see that God's desire is for us, and we give him his heart, just as the Shulamite gives Solomon her heart. In chapters 5 to 8, Jesus receives his bride, his inheritance. We are his inheritance. So just as the Shulamite maiden, we need to grow in our maturity, and not just always take from Jesus anything that he can give us, but give him our all, give him our heart. He loved us first, and we should be loving him in return. Not just should, but it is an honor and a glory to be able to worship the one true God with all of our heart, all of our soul, and all of our might. And to dig into the depths of his word, I hope it brings passion to your heart to love the lover of your soul more and deeper. To be continued, we'll see you soon for chapter one. Oh, oh, oh.